Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the John Cast. My name is John Jorgensen. Today, we continue in this new series that we're calling Word of Life, in which we are looking at scriptures to stand on for every season, but but specifically for this unique coronavirus season. Last week, we looked at Psalm 23 and talked about a word for your worry. And today we're going to look at another passage of scripture that has given me hope many, many times in many different seasons of my life. And my hope today is that it would give you hope even in the hopelessness that at times, coronavirus seems to put in front of us. Uh, And so to start today, I want to give you a little context by telling you a little backstory. In the 6th century BC, a priest named Ezekiel is living in a refugee camp. He and his fellow Israelites have been ripped from their home in Jerusalem, and they have been scattered among the surrounding nations. Now, according to Ezekiel, this exile of his people was not just the result of a military struggle and imperialism, but this was actually something that God had allowed to happen to his people because of their unfaithfulness. If you read the Old Testament, you'll read time and time again how for generations the Israelites had been breaking their covenant or their agreement with God by giving themselves over to worshiping false gods and other destructive ways of living. And so how God deals with this is God gives them over to the natural consequences of their own unfaithful destructive choices which included the eventual destruction of the holy city of Jerusalem and the scattering of God's people in exile. At this point in history, Israel was, as a later biblical author would put it, dead in their transgressions and sins. On the surface, this looked like the end. This looked like the death of the nation of Israel. Or so they thought. Let's go back to Ezekiel in the refugee camp. One day, Ezekiel has this dreamlike vision where God brings him out into this valley, and this valley is filled with what he calls dry, dead bones. And God tells him to breathe on these bones to bring them back to life. Now, this is a bit trippy, yes? This story is odd, and on the surface, it can be really, really confusing, but... This story is also full of symbolism and powerful truths about God and, I believe, hope for God's people. And so if you'll be patient with me as I walk through this story, I want to show you why it was such a source of hope and encouragement for the people in Ezekiel's day so that we also might find hope and encouragement in it for our day and in our context. Are you with me? Let's do it. The story can be found in Ezekiel chapter 37. The story begins, The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? That's one of my favorite questions in all of scripture, and it is a question that is so 
appropriate, I think, for the time that we're living in. So many of us are looking at our circumstances. We're looking at the deadness that surrounds us, and we're asking, can these bones live? Can this get any better? Will this season ever end? Will life ever go back to normal? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then verse 4, then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. The message version of the Bible translates verse 5 of Ezekiel 37 as, I am bringing the breath of life to you. And the Hebrew word here for breath is the word ruach. And it appears over 10 times in just 14 verses in this passage. And ruach is a bit of a tricky word because it has three different meanings in English. It can mean breath, it can mean wind, or it can mean spirit, as in the spirit of God. And the writer here is intentionally vague with which exact version of Ruach is being used and when. Which is okay. We, we shouldn't worry about that. Because in doing this, what Ezekiel is inviting us to do as readers is any time in this passage we read about breath or wind we can also imagine that is God's spirit at work, potentially. So keep that in mind, and let's read on in verse 7. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. So Ezekiel prophesies, as he's commanded, and he sees the bones start to come together. Joints are being formed, ligaments and skin are coming together. It's like the opening of the show Westworld, where they're building the humans, yes? And by the end of verse 8, you can kind of imagine that once what was once a valley of bones is now a valley of bodies, but these bodies are still not alive, and why does Ezekiel say that these bodies are not alive? Because there is no breath or ruach in them. Now look out in this next section, because Ezekiel is about to go ruach crazy here. Verse 9, then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come breath from the four winds, and breathe into these slains, ruach, 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 that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. So you see, it wasn't just when the bones came together and they were covered with skin that they came to life. But it wasn't until the ruach or the breath, the spirit entered them. That is when these bones and bodies finally came to life. And the author goes on to explain in the following verses that this vision is a symbol for what God is going to do to Israel. 
fun little Bible nerd thing here. Scholars point out that there is a two-step process to these bones being brought back to life. You probably noticed it. Step one, the bones are formed together. And then step two, breath enters them and they come to life. And that two-step process purposefully calls all the way back to the beginning of the Bible in Genesis 2, when God, creating human beings, step one, formed a human from the dust of the ground, and then step two, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And so what's happening here in Ezekiel 37 is that just as God's Spirit created life in Genesis 2, by His Spirit, God is going to bring about a new creation through Israel. That's why the author, Ezekiel, is using Genesis language. He's saying God is starting over. There's a new creation, and it's happening through Israel. Old Testament theologian Christopher Wright says that Ezekiel 37 and the passages surrounding it outline God's work of restoration at every level of his relationship with Israel. But there's something that doesn't really compute here. Because if you remember all the way back at the beginning of this episode, this is written from a refugee camp. This is written from exile. When God's people are living in dark and seemingly hopeless days, they thought this was the end of their story. But what Ezekiel is saying here is that even though the people have been unfaithful, even though they have been driven from their homes, even though it may seem that all hope is lost, by his spirit, God is going to bring his people out of their death and give them new life. This strange, trippy vision of Ezekiel's was so powerful and so encouraging because it was a reminder to God's people in the very moment that they were losing hope, it was a reminder that your exile is not the end. It was a reminder. It was an encouragement to them that Israel, this is not the end of your story. God still has more in store for you on the other side of this. Okay? Are you seeing now why this text is appropriate? Are you seeing now why this passage can be such a powerful encouragement for our time that we're living in? Because while we have not been ripped from our homes, we have been confined to our homes for a time. And this is so much more than just the physical struggle of being sick or sheltered in place, yes? It's the relational struggle of feeling isolated from our communities and from those we love. It's the emotional struggles of anxiety and worry and depression that we talked about last week. Jacqueline Gray calls Ezekiel's Valley of Dry Bones a valley of broken dreams. And I don't know about you, but I feel that image so hard. I mean, how many of us have had to deal with the loss of things that we have been dreaming about because of the coronavirus? How many of us have had to deal with the loss of prom or a wedding, vacations we've been looking forward to, projects we've been working on, church plants, job opportunities? I know for me, I've had several uh, speaking engagements, specifically several summer camps uh, that have had to be canceled because of this already. 
you know, we're still at the end of April, but we're having to make decisions for June and July as we realize that this is still much worse than we ever imagined. And so a lot of those summer camps, they're canceling. And obviously that's hard on one side for me because that's part of how I make my living and support my family. But even more than that, for me, the summers are defined by those long days at camp, by the relationships that I form, returning to a camp year after year and seeing students and hearing about their lives and getting to catch up with them. I, I dream about that. I look forward to that all year long. And that is not going to happen in the same way this summer. And that's hard. That's a loss. And it seems like every day this virus continues, there is more that we're struggling with. There's more and more that we're losing. And when you're walking through a season of life like that, many of us can start to feel really hopeless. But here's how I want to encourage you. And here's why I think that Ezekiel 37 is such an appropriate text for our time. I believe that in this valley of broken dreams that we're walking through, in our canyon of emotional distress, in this time of spiritual deadness, I believe that by his spirit, God wants to breathe new life into his people once again. I actually believe that just like the words of Ezekiel gave new hope to Israel over two and a half millennia ago, they can give new hope to you and I today that your exile is not the end. Listen to me. This battle with COVID-19, it is an obstacle, but it is not the outcome. This pandemic, it is not the period, it is just a comma. Friends, the conflict that we are facing, this is a conflict in your story, but it's not the conclusion of your story. I believe that even, and and especially in this season, God wants to breathe his spirit into us. God wants to breathe his spirit through you so that he can renew you. I think that's the work of the Spirit right now. That's the work that can be done in you during this season. Is that God wants to create a new creation within you. And perhaps in this pause, God is giving us an opportunity to breathe in His Spirit. To let the breath of life enter us. So that we can truly put off the old self and put on a new and renewed self. And if we want that, if we want God's spirit to renew us, if we want to experience that hope of new life during this pandemic, then I would encourage you to start by making Ezekiel chapter 37 a regular part of your reading practice. Read verses 1 through 14 once a day, or or at least once a week, and read them slowly and meditate on them, and allow that vision of new life to speak hope into your heart during this season. And secondly, we want to open ourselves up to the Spirit of God, to God's Ruach working in our lives, because after all, according to the passage, it is God's Spirit that is the source of new life. And so we're going to take a short, quick break, And then I'm going to be back to lead you through a little exercise to both reflect on this scripture and also to invite God's spirit to breathe into you. We'll be right back.
right, friends, welcome back to the John Cast. As always, the second half of this episode is reserved for a time of stillness, a time of reflection and meditation for us to take the lesson and specifically the scripture that we just discussed and learned about, and perhaps to just let it sit in our hearts, to let it work within the soil of our soul uh, and take root there so that we might see growth and so that we might see some fruit in our lives. Uh, And today what we're going to do is I'm going to lead you through a little bit of a breath prayer. Uh, A breath prayer is a fantastic way to meditate on scripture and to really allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us. And so what I'm going to do is I have borrowed a few phrases, a few verses or chunks of verses from the passage that we just looked at, Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 1 through 14. And what I'm going to do is I am going to speak that phrase over you. And then I invite you to attach that phrase to your breath by putting the first half of the phrase on your inhale and then the second half of the phrase on your exhale. And then what you'll just do, I'm going to give you 30 seconds to a minute after I say the phrase. I'm going to give you some time to just breathe that passage, to just breathe that line of scripture to make it your prayer, or to invite God to speak to you through it, to just meditate on it and turn it over in your mind and heart. And the point of this exercise is to invite the Holy Spirit to speak to you through the words of Scripture. There's no rush here. You can go slow. If you need to pause the episode in between as I give you these prompts, that's fine. But go slow, and as you breathe, allow images or memories or people to come to your mind. As best you can right now, I just want to invite you to turn your attention to God through your breath. So perhaps the best way to start is just with one deep breath together. And so as we invite the Holy Spirit to lead this time, our first breath prayer will be that question from verse 3 that God asks Ezekiel, Son of man, can these bones live? And so I just invite you to attach the first half of that phrase, Son of man, on your inhale, and then can these bones live on your exhale. So as you inhale, you'll say to yourself, Son of man, as you exhale, can these bones live? Just take about 30 seconds to a minute now to reflect on that question, to allow God to speak in your mind and heart. And now, still focusing on your breath, I invite you 
to switch your prayer. And on your inhale, say, breathe into these slain, exhale, that they may live. Lord, breathe into these slain, that they may live. Inhale, breathe into these slain, exhale, so that they may live. Allow God by his spirit to speak to you through your breath. And then finally, our third and final breath prayer. Inhale, I will put my spirit in you. Exhale, and you will live. We finish by turning to a promise of God. And as we inhale, we repeat that promise. I will put my spirit in you. Exhale, and you will live. Take a minute just to breathe in that promise of God. And Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the hope that your spirit is speaking. God, we thank you for the promise of new life that we have in you. That you do not leave us in exile. That you do not leave us in our isolation. That you do not leave us in a pandemic. But God, you are already at work. You are already breathing new life. You are already breathing new hope. You are already breathing the promise of a new day into the hearts of your people. And God, I pray you would continue to do that. God, would you continue to use the words of Ezekiel 37 to breathe hope into our hearts that a new day will come, that a new creation is on the rise And we have been invited into it. We are a part of it, God. Your spirit is breathing new life into us as well as into our families and into our communities and into our world. And so, Holy Spirit, we just invite you as we go. Breathe hope. Breathe life. Breathe new creation. Jesus, it is in your name that we pray. And we thank you that you are the way, the truth, and the new life. Amen. Thank you, friends, so much. 
for listening to the John cast. I hope this was an encouragement for you. I know it always is for me. Um, as always, I invite your feedback. I fielded several emails from you this week, um, just hearing your thoughts on this new structure with these reflections and meditations during the second half. I'd love to hear um, how you're enjoying them, what you're getting out of them, um, or if there's a way that I can improve it and make it better for you. So please, I invite your feedback, my email, johnjorgensen3 at gmail.com. Hit me up. And then as for now, that's all we have for this week. I will see you next week right here on the Johncast. I love you all. Keep being awesome. <laughs>